Okay, I guess we're live. I'm Dustin yeah. from Track Days doing the talking motorbikes thing, and I'm on tonight with basically the dude that's like the Lords of Dogtown for motorbikes. Oh my god! It's Brian Murray from hey. SoCal Supermoto. What is up, dude? Uh, I'm just out here hanging out with you, talking about motorbikes and whatever else we're gonna <laughs> talk about. And I wasn't nervous, and then there was this countdown on the, oh, on the well, screen. There's that. Yeah. And now, like now I have I mean, performance dude, we're, anxiety. We're, we were this just talking legit- about I had a yeah, I had imposter is- syndrome and now I got performance anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Well, just I mean, a- this is a legit podcast. I mean, I have yeah. a microphone, headphones, the whole thing, right? Like so Dude, it's, like, it's huge. It's yeah. legit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh we were just talking offline that uh, you know, I kind of remember I I can't remember what year it was, but um it was like on the forums back then <laughs> when you started, right? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this SoCal Supermoto dude rolls up you got some like busted clapped out drz or whatever the fuck yeah. it was that you were riding and I just, and i i remember as the track day dude you know i'd been doing the track day thing for a few four or five years before you came out and yeah, i was you're like, like Who you the didn't fuck is this clown you, you, you didn't check you didn't check with me you didn't run it by me to see if you could do this yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, uh... so I, I mean like and back then i i remember at fontana during the um the national Superbike weekend there. I remember there was a huge supermoto event outside in the parking lot right around that same time. Yeah. And, um, you know, back then supermoto was huge all of a sudden, like it just came out of nowhere and was like super we, popular. And then, yeah, it was like 2006. I, I was race racing, um, in like 2000 <laughs> people would like come up and they would just come up the inside and I'd be like, Ah, you seem to want it more, brother. Go ahead. You know, like, go ahead. Like, I just don't have that in me. But, um, yeah, I did some racing. It was all huge, 2003 to 2006. And then the funny part was when I started SoCal Supermoto, I tried to get a friend to be, like, a partner. He had some money. And I was like, hey, you want to, like, buy some, buy a, if you buy two bikes, you own 50% of the company. And he was like, yeah, no. Nah. Like, like, I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> forget that noise, right? I'm like, oh, okay. And um, I literally did it because um, I was coming back from an injury. I had sold, I had sold my bike. I was teaching brand new riders on TW200s, and uh, so I have this TW200. And then I'm like, I come back from an injury, and my hand, I, I bet my hand backwards in a low side, and um, so I was going to buy another bike. And I go, Hey, if I buy two bikes, I'll be able to get my track days paid for because I didn't have any. I had two young kids. I didn't have any money, and I'm like, Oh. If I get two bikes, I could have classes, like I could have people like five or six because I was teaching people in parking lots. And yeah. so you were like, where did this guy come from? He's going to do this motorcycle school. I was like, hey, I do track days on my supermoto and I could teach these newbies that I'm teaching in a parking lot. I could take them out to the track and I could teach them more stuff. So it was never like, you know, like we're coming yeah. from such different, different angles. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, if I get two bikes, my bike will get paid for, my track fees will get paid for, my gas will get paid for. That was how SoCal started. And you're but like, shit, I can ride for free? I get a ride for free on a racetrack. And I literally showed up. I put out, I went on that forum. was like, hey, I'm a supermoto school. <laughs> Sign up. It was like 150 bucks, and you got to use yeah. my bike, right? And I literally showed up to Adams and was like, hey, I'm Brian. I'm going to do a motorcycle school. Is that okay? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. Have fun, hon. You know, like, yeah. and that was that was how it started. They've been like, super nice over there. I mean, I, I haven't been to Adams in a little while. Actually, I haven't had this bike 
the I have the 450 Yamaha. Uh, yeah. I haven't even had it out at Adams yet. I rode with you someplace. Uh, you showed up. You're like day I, I, one. I, I think I think I rode uh, the last time I rode and you were there. I had the the Cowie 450 that I bought from Stu. Oh, okay. You know the you one. It's old green one. Though. bolts and helicoiled everything and the ratty ass KX that he like set a lap record on at oh, like dude. streets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. in the uh, in you know. So yeah, yeah, I know exactly. You just showed up. You're like faster than me on your first day. Oh, dick. shut the fuck fucking, up! You're an asshole. Don't tell people that. <laughs> don't tell me that. Yeah. All yeah, right. Let me. Uh, I don't know if I got a big enough helmet to to do yeah. that level of. Uh, yeah. That's how we do it. Gotta yeah, build man. people up, man. Gotta give them confidence. So uh so you start the supermoto school, like, and you just have the two bikes. And now how many bikes do you have now? Like 24, 25. <laughs> are you, you got, wow, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, what do you what do you I, I literally you like I a, literally lose track of like motorcycles? Like, I'm like, hey, how many bikes do we have? Like, I just asked my staff, like, hey, how many bikes do we have? And they're like, oh, it's oh, this man. many. I'm like, yeah. And so, so are you, it works are you out. Like, are, are you kind of like a DRZ salvage yard or like what? No, that's how it was. Totally. Like it, it took me 10, eight years of running the school to like learn this critically important lesson that I was too dumb to realize. So the problem was is that me and like crew chief at the time, Frank, we, we knew how to fix bikes. Yeah. So we're like, anytime there's a problem with the bike, we're like, ah, oh, we could fix that. Or we can get this part from that and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like the mentality as a motorcycle person, they're right. like, oh, I can fix it. And then bikes would go down. We'd wait for parts. The other bikes would get used harder. They'd go down, wait for parts. And it was like this, like, Lucy in the Chocolate Factory thing. And then I, it took me 10 years, but I realized the more I spent money on motorcycles, the more money I saved and the easier my life was. So recently in the old days, yeah, it was, you'd show up and it was clapped out DRZs. The fleet's pretty good. It might be like for road racer types, it might be like kind of like messed up looking bikes. But for us, we're like, all the bikes are within three or four years old, they're all pretty clean, not bent levers. They're all, they're all together. So yeah, you still haven't had a bath in like three years, you know, but. So they're dirty, but they're, they run. No, they're, they're, well. they're solid. I mean, they got, yeah. um, fresh, um, like Q fives on there now. Um, we got good, they all have like good brake pads, Q five line, everything. They're good. They're good bikes. Yeah. So yeah, it, back in the day, yeah. I'd be like, never buy I, a bike I, for me. But now I, they're I've, actually kind of good now. I've seen you joke about the overall speed and power of the DRZ 350 or whatever, 400. Well, it's, or a, it's a 400 that yeah. we've been told about. It's the third fastest production motorcycle made. Oh, so oh. Uh, so you probably yeah. there's a lot of um, there's a lot of industry interest in keeping that secret. There's oh. a lot of a lot of money put into Ducati, Super Loki, Pan Panigale, Internationale, RRRs. You know that yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of people are spending money on that. And if it got out that the DRZ was as fast as it is, they, they, we're talking suppressing lap times, suppressing dynos. Oh. Um, so basically, I'm telling I'm telling the world now, you can just get a DRZ and not worry about it. You know? Well, the thing is, I mean, there's only like seven fans of this show, so like, yeah. Well, the, we just sold we just sold seven DRZs. I mean, um, <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you the the honest, brilliant thing about DRZ, and you're not going to be able to argue with me after I say this. Okay. If you have a DRZ and you go to the track, you will beat some people on 450s. There, there'll be right. some people with like you know 
Husky 450s and you'll beat them and you're like, oh man, I rode really hard and I had fun on my DRZ and I beat these guys, right? And I'm like, pretty stoked on that. And then somebody will smoke you and you're like, I was on a DRZ. Ah. You know, just, it's a win-win. You can't, if you go out there and ride well on a DRZ, impossible to not lock in a practice win. Because if somebody wow. beats you, you're like, oh, you're on a TM, you're on a Hoosberg, you're on whatever, you know, gas, gas. You're like, I'm on a, I'm on a, you know, 2016 stock DRZ. And, um, and I did a couple cool wheelies and I won. So that's, that's how it goes. I mean, that, and that's really what matters, right? Uh, it's sort Winning of like, practice. Uh, it's we, sort of like, we are uh, here to win practice. It's sort of like at a track day, you know, the, the elbow down photo, right? Right. We just had that. We had a uh, supermoto champ, uh, Lucas Holbacher out and he was, he did, he was out as a guest instructor and, um, he had a photographer out there doing some KTM shots and he would just come in, just backing it in like crazy, right? Just drifting in, looking sexy as hell. Cameraman packed up, went away. And here comes Lucas, just like no backing it in, no rolling, none of that stuff. You know, if you actually yeah. watch, so yeah, kind of the equivalent of like the elbow down versus actually yeah. moving fast. I mean, that's one of our, that's one of our, um, I'm all over the place, but that's one of our like passions in instructing. Like yeah. I do this whole talk where, um, like we all know that guy who's like, like the big guy and he's super kind, hold on, but you're not going to fuck with him. You know, that type of person. And he, yeah. they, they don't really, they don't really say anything, but then when they do say something, they mean it. Right. Yeah. And they're like, they're kind, but you're not going to fuck with them. Right. That's how, that's how you want to ride a motorcycle. Like my thought is there's, there's no bigger flex in riding Thing. just going out there looking like you're doing nothing hauling ass and being totally like polite and kind like that is the raddest way to ride a motorcycle and you can do that your entire life and like everyone's gonna like want to ride with you and be your friend and it's gonna be fun and it's relatively safe and you know all and that you'll be able stuff. to come back and ride next time you'll be able to come back and ride now i just i just thought about this lately but i, I watched um one of our staff all my staff I, I train them they suck and then they get way faster than me so connor was out there i watched him uh one of our staff guys you know ripping laps the other day he just coming in just sliding in looking super good right just fucking hauling ass and he yeah. comes up on some slower riders and he's just like just like this just and gets gets by them and off he goes you know just rip it and that's like that's such a cool way to ride and that's what i try to kind of um impart to my students it's just just ride well and uh and have a good time and do as little as possible is it is it uh, in the supermoto is it like about accuracy or is it like what is it about? Uh, man you, that's what's cool it's like i learn every week like i learn so much stuff every week and i have gone full circle from accuracy technique that sort of stuff yeah most of it is kind of what I just talked about. Most of it's mindset. When I, okay. when we talk and breathing, it looks like a, you come to the class now, it looks like a, like a hippie yoga retreat, man. Like every, between every single session, like we're all going to stop. We're all going to breathe. Like, and I always joke, like you can, you can sit at home reading twists of the wrist and you can get all of it down. Right. If you're not right. breathing, you're not relaxed. None of it matters. You know, part of the reasons we focus so much on having fun is to get people yeah. to like fucking relax. You know? Yeah. 
So if I'm yeah, like making fun of people, that's I remember why, you know. On, uh, when I first started racing, I remember writing on blue tape on my uh, on my triple clamp, breathe. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's 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 massive. I realized I again when I when I first started racing, I was racing at Willow, which is which which was crazy, right? Like you know, Ooh. long straightaway, six gear, knee down, yeah, kind of thing through turn eight, and um, man, it you know, remember to breathe was a big thing because dude. You know, when you're starting out and you're going racing, it is really common to just like <sighs> and hope it worked out. Yeah, I always tell people like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I did some racing, I sucked, you know, and that's why. I I, I don't know. Oh yeah. I, 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 I you know dabbled in it for a couple of years. I didn't breathe for three and a half years. <laughs> I didn't take a single breath. Fucking starting grid. It was like just like a little mini like panic attack every single time on the starting grid. Didn't breathe. Huh. Not once. I, re- I realized everything I was doing wrong after I was done, you know, racing. racing. Watching really? the tire, watching the tire of the guy in front of you. You have a series of doing that, right? Holding your breath. Oh, just yeah. watch. So you'd watch them make a mistake, but you couldn't materialize it. You know, right. you couldn't capitalize on it because you had just like watched it happen and they, they had recovered and now they're right back. Right. You know, and then so yeah. just like so much stuff that I learned. So it seems, uh, it seems like there's a there's a lot of crossover from our world to what, what you got going on, you know, like how does, how do you think, or how would you tell a road racer how supermoto transfers over? Oh, that's awesome. I, I'm going to answer your question with a non question. It's not like what we're doing is not like what you're doing and vice versa. It's the same shit. It's all the same shit. I was it, expecting it, that answer, but. It, I mean, it really is, you know, like yeah. show me somebody who rips on a supermoto bike who can't ride a sport bike. Right. Like, so show me somebody who's just really, really solid. And it's that, it's that mindset thing. I, I say at the start of the day, I have my mission statement for the school, but I say like my personal mission statement is to get you guys to stop thinking about sport bikes, street bikes, adventure bikes, cruisers, flat track. Like, they're so much more similar than they are different. So I just try to get people to um, just, like I said, relax, breathe, work on the fundamentals. Once we get them when doing what I call like road racing 101, which is all the stuff you know, whether it's trail braking, looking for the turn, um, working on transitions and slow out fast, you to be all that standard stuff, right? First right. half of the day is like road racing 101. There's nothing like everything that you hear at us, you know, it's the same thing you're going to hear any other beginner um, you know, performance, road racing, school. And then in the afternoon, we, that's when we really focus on um, riding to the traction that you have. And and, like, and what I tell people is when supermoto riders, when they ride the asphalt, and when they ride the dirt, they're not, they're doing the same thing. They're not thinking, oh, I'm in the dirt now. You know, I'm going to do some dirt riding stuff or I'm right. on the asphalt. I'm going to do some asphalt stuff. That's what I did when I was starting to, starting out. It took me like six months of riding Supermoto before it all clicked. And what clicked was it's all the same shit and perfect technique versus breathing loose, looking through the turn, elbow up and feeling the amount of traction you have. That's massively, we have to get people doing the boring stuff, right? They have to do the fundamentals. Once they're doing the fundamentals, I teach them just simply ride to the traction you have. And we kind of go over how to feel that over some techniques that and that's kind of like the afternoon for like one session then it's like all right free ride because you know we're there to have a good time because so. yeah like uh, the one thing i've noticed is that um 
you uh, you haven't forgotten that this whole thing is supposed to be fun, right? Right. Um, a lot of, a lot of groups are like super militant. You know, it's got to be. <laughs> I would know because I don't hang out with those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I know what you, I know me what you mean, and I you but know. I ran from it. I ran from it hard. You know. Yeah. And what I well, tell like people I said, is like before we started the show, bro. Like you're sitting there in your room. And you're a motorbike guy that has, I don't even know how many schools a year. And I see a guitar and a surfboard and an amp in your background. <laughs> yeah. What kind of motorbike guy are you? Yeah, man? dude. Oh, I mean, I was thinking about this. I, I've never watched your show, but I have some suggestions for you. Okay. Um, some, some things. And I was thinking, uh, I was looking around the room because you were mentioning like all the, all the shit I had, right? Yeah. And yeah. I was thinking, what if you had show and tell? Like, you know, you could... And then, you know, I could, I had this earlier because I was going to work on making a, uh, or yeah, I was going to show you my, my roller skates. Oh, <laughs> I dude, you win. Look I don't, those, I don't have, I don't have look at those bad boys. Bro. Yeah. Cause I'm going to, yeah. Anyway, cut those. Um, what were we talking about? Just having, having fun. And, oh, I know what I was going to mention. So I literally start the day saying, that I'm going to tell them something that they won't hear at any other school, but it's true. And I, I say, nobody gives a fuck how fast you are. Like yeah. nobody, nobody cares. I go, are you a professional racer? No. Okay. <laughs> Not a professional racer. Nobody cares. And the reason, and that, and then I follow that up with motorcycles are toys. Like these are fucking toys. Like stop. We take them seriously for one reason and one reason only. They're toys that can kill us. Yeah, so we don't die. Yeah, so we don't die. We take it serious to that point, and then like, okay, we're not dying and we're not killing others. Okay, great. Now let's just work on the stuff that makes it as fun as possible, right? It turns out, yeah, riding well kind of makes it more fun. You know, like now as um, I approach riding, um, exactly like I. Well, it's kind of cool. You get old, you learn stuff, and I can promise you that i snowboard surf ride motorcycles and skateboard all the same it's like i'm i'm going after this you know sucking at a high level this this level of competency with minimal effort and minimal um injury and and yeah. maximizing fun it's just like an, it's just an investment plan for like yeah how can i yeah, go absolutely. how can i ride at like 95 percent where i'm going pretty good and where it's fun and it's exciting, but also very low risk of injury. And that's probably the most old man thing I'm ever going to say. Yeah. I'm kind of, uh, in that same boat, you know, I, I'm just, you know, like I, I don't say it exactly the way you do. I say it like this, like, even if I threw down some ridiculous t lap time, right? Like I have it recorded on my transponder. It's on, it's on the website, right? Yeah. Even if I threw down some like just ridiculous time, my phone call, my phone's not going to ring. You know, yeah. like Yamaha is not going to be like, okay, dude, you can replace Cam P now. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, tell I mean, like, nobody, like, yeah. my, like, I'm not getting the call, dude. Like, I'm almost 50. Okay. Like, yeah, I've got, I tell everybody because um, I give the lesson about getting smooth and how most of the things we teach are going to make you feel like you're going slower when you're actually going faster. Right. Yeah. And so the only reason I learned that is because I had a lap timer. If you're serious about getting fast on a motorcycle, get a lap timer. If you right. want to stop having fun on a motorcycle, 
get a get lap, a lap timer. timer. Yeah. Like it just turns a motorcycle riding into a job immediately. So now I know there's people that get super excited about that. Right. And that's, yeah. that's what makes it fun. And that's, that's cool. Stu man comes to mind and that, but, um, you know, Carino, but a lot of my friends, you know, they're all yeah. kind of into that, but, um, so I'm not, I'm not judging it in any way, but for most people, you know, that's, that's where we're at. We're just after we're, we're offering fun yeah, and we're throwing in some motorcycle training. So like, uh, how many schools do you do per year? Do you think? Oh man. Cause I, I should... swear it seems like you're there like every day. Yeah. In the summer we slow down we do like four a month. And then, okay. um, so that's our, we don't have an off season. We you know we go year round. Yeah. Um, and then a busy month we can have eight or nine school days in a month or something like that. So I haven't looked at it in a while. I, it's weird because, you know, we're like big and that we have a lot of people coming through and that we do a lot of schools, but then each day it's me, three of my friends, anywhere from five to a big day of like 20 students. Right. But it, it, it's still exactly the same as when I just, I'm not just saying that, like it's really the exact same feel and the exact same vibe as when I was just showing up with my truck, except back then I was doing it all by myself because I was an idiot. And then having people helping out and having staff and, and that sort of stuff. But st- I say I have staff, it's like, it's, it's my friend who I'm just going to go rip laps with later on. And, you know, yeah. he's going to fix up the berm and the dirt section while I'm talking to these guys or vice versa, you know? It sounds, so it sounds cool. like my staff, right? The yeah. track days crew. So they, I've seen you, um, you know, we shared booth space a little bit at the motorcycle show. And you're like, yeah. I remember the whole time you're like, dude, this is, this is retarded. <laughs> it's like, you did, uh, you did like, tell this me. Is I, a, this is a giant waste of time. I'm so bored <laughs> right now. You did, you gave me, um, I swear to God, you gave me the biggest compliment that the school's ever had. And I've, I've care. I've actually told this story. What? But uh, you did. I gave you yeah, confidence. Yeah, okay. at, at that at that show, I don't I don't think it was intentional, but you okay. said um, you're like it's like we're all at the mall, and like we're like selling motorcycle stuff, and like other people are like buying motorcycle stuff, and then there's SoCal Supermoto, and you're like the skaters out on the sidewalk getting harassed by like the security guards, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, if I look at a mall, that's who I want to be, right? If I look at that situation and so i think i also um, told you that i was jealous of that <laughs> well you could be like that just <laughs> you, but it's weird because you get um you, it's a different population like yeah so when you get people out you know and i'm talking about the importance of riding dirt if in, in being an all-around and it's totally preaching to the choir and then back in the day we used to do asphalt only days yeah it is a different crew that shows up for an asphalt only day Okay. And by different, I mean whiny. Shit, man. Okay. <laughs> we'll say whiny. Wow. Particu- you know, like particular. We, we, particular. We had, we had, you know, we talked about non negotiables for the thing. And like one of them was being honest and real with me. And I was like, dude, this like boom, knocked through the park. Man. No, awesome. no. It's, um, I'll give you an example. So they'll, they'll, on an asphalt only day, people will be showing up and they're talking about it. The levers aren't in the right spot or the shifter's not in the right spot. Or the scooter. And then on the week before, you didn't hear any of it and you saw riders that were going twice as fast on the asphalt, right? And they're probably yeah. riders that came from dirt. And a lot of times these were like maybe a dirt guy who had never even ridden asphalt, right? And then right. they just move it around. But more than that, there's a, um, 
If you're the type of person who doesn't ride dirt, you're the type of person who needs to ride dirt. I don't, you might be I, the I, exception. I have, you, might, you know, dirt. I have ridden dirt before. I just, I, I don't anymore. I, it, it just speeds up the process. So you yeah. have so much track time experience right. that you have your right hand wired to your brain, wired to the rear tire, right? If you give yeah. it too much throttle, it starts to light up. You will naturally drift off, right? If you, you know, start to lose traction, you can regain it with the throttle. You'll naturally roll it off, right? Without, right. without cutting things, right? Yeah. But that's just a process that would most riders don't have, and that's a process that would be simply developed faster in the okay. dirt. I'm not even good in the dirt. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, okay, you know, but um, it's just, uh, and more than important than that is that mindset stuff. You know, the dirt, you have to be loose, and you have to be relaxed, and you have to just ride like you're having fun, and that's what you want. So it just kind of speeds up that process too. If you're if you're riding and you're working on the particulars and the exact stuff, you know, like um, dirt helps you get out of that a little bit. And I can't speak so, for everybody, but that's what worked for me. I went riding supermoto and riding dirt. About six months in, it was like a light switch. I understood motorcycles. Like really? I just I just got it. Like. And I could hop on anything and ride it. Not super fast, not super awesome, but I could hop on a dirt bike. Like I hop on like a big old GS twelve fifty to me. That's a DRZ. That's heavy, and I that I it's actually like a kick big, the. It's like a adventure touring version of the DRZ, basically. Yeah, right? except you just keep kicking a stupid cylinder every time well, you go into it. Don't do it. There is that. Yeah, <laughs> you probably you you would be dragging the cylinder. You know? I mean, look, I you know. I, you said the show and tell. I mean, I just picked up this thing earlier Dude, today. What is that? Omaha. That's an XSR 900. So it's yes. like a three cylinder, basically like comfy. Uh, See how old I am? Bike. It's a yeah. factory stunt bike, dude. That's what it is. So, uh, I I would never do stunts. I think they're irresponsible. Yeah. Oh yeah, clearly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> clearly. I I think uh, you're wheelie lying to me. Uh, wheelie, like I said, wheelies are the last refuge. Of the slow, if you're old and slow, you can go out there, throw up a couple I wheelies, mean, slide yeah, it in, uh, back it in, like brake slower than everybody else, but also back it in. People totally. Think you, people think you know how to ride. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I I do a little bit of that when I'm riding, but um, talk to me about talk to me about the foot out police. What's yeah? That about? I mean, it, I, it was you know yeah, I was riding was road a, race. I was riding road race style, like because that's what I I am. I'm a road race guy, and that's what yeah. feels comfortable to me. And uh, I, I think that I first experienced that uh, at the track that used to be called Grange. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I a little bit at. Oh, you Adam's. mean like this is Supermoto? You should be riding it foot out. <laughs> right. I mean, in, when then, I do the the talk, it's very simple. It's like yeah. we're going to teach you. <laughs> Foot out style. By the way, okay. foot out style, what I mean by that is actually foot, feet primarily on the pegs, chest out, elbows up, upright, pushing the bike down underneath you, which has advantages and disadvantages. So I also go over this whole thing about how we're, we live in binary land. In here, we're not, it's not binary land. There's going to be advantages and disadvantages, and we're yeah. going to celebrate nuance. And if we talk about the nuance. industry, and, and yeah, you don't get a lot of fucking nuance in the motorcycle industry, everybody's a goddamn oh, expert. Everybody's yeah. an expert. Everybody's so, an, yes, dude. So I tell them <laughs> that here's why we're going to teach foot out. It's a chance to try something new for most of you. It's 
it's uh, most people are faster doing it, and it's really good prep for when we open up the dirt section. Now, I also tell you, you come out here and you're two seconds a lap riding, you know, slower riding knee down, but you like to ride knee down, ride knee down. There's, there, do whatever the fuck you want. Joe Roberts came out to the track and he did it knee down and he ran a 41.9. I run a 49.5 on a DRZ, right? right. Am I going to go tell him he's doing it wrong? It's the most idiotic thing ever. So if you're like a foot out guy and you're looking at some knee down guy, they always say the same thing, like this is supermoto, you should go foot out. First off, if you're faster than every single knee down rider, then great, say that. Second off, they say, yeah, but he's not running the dirt. He's not running the dirt because he's a professional and he needs to train in the asphalt. And if he did run the dirt, he would still smoke you, right? Like I don't know anybody who's a pro level road racer who like can't make it through the dirt section without falling up. You know what I mean? They're going to rip. Yeah. They always do. I mean – I, I see a lot of pro guys posting shit on Instagram of them at cart tracks on supermoto bikes. Yeah. Like, you know, posh and, you know. It's a lot more, it's it's very, it's much more rare DJ to find somebody Jacobson, who's. right? I mean, we just saw like Zark, like Zarka, like, dude, literally everybody. Like, yeah. um, it's more rare to find somebody who does. I think Lorenzo doesn't ride dirt doesn't ride super oh he does the like, mini thing right he does, oh, he does the, the mini thing. yeah but it's all and shit like yeah so that was the only guy i could think of but pretty much everybody's run flat track or supermoto or whatever conditioning training fun well to me yeah. I, I look at it I, i'm i'm a pavement only guy i'll admit yeah. that i don't do the fucking dirt section you're like yeah. okay we're doing the dirt section i'm like okay it's time to load up and go home what <laughs> Dude, it's so. I mean, we have like Dylan Coe coming out to coach with us, when and it comes to that dude. No, it's, no. It, I, okay, I will be fine with somebody being like, "I'm a puss when it comes to the dirt." I'd be like, "You should probably ride the dirt." You know what gets me? Fuck man, I don't want to wash my bike. Okay, like, don't wash the fucking bike. It's a fucking dirt bike. Go ride it. Like, yeah. ah, dude. There's yeah, the certain dirt's things not the like, problem for me. I'm like, I don't. Wanna no, I mean, but people, my, I people put say my that. Arm yeah. Back in the socket. Oh no! You can just, just go, gentleman, old man. Laps with me. I'll I'll lead you around oh, there. Okay. It'll be, okay. It'll be it'll be fun. Um, but it is what's cool is it's not it's greater than the sum of its parts, right? So when you ride dirt and you ride asphalt, it's that's not the thing. The thing is the mixing. The thing is the back and forth. That's okay. what brings. That's what makes it magic. When you get into the asphalt and you're in dirty asphalt, right? Or you yeah. get into dirt and you're in really sticky dirt, and, and so talk about training in riding to the traction that you have. Um, right. So like in I, our world, we talk about uh, like a champ school guy, you know, I, I'm an instructor for them and uh -huh. we talk about hundred points of grip, right? Yeah, like, yeah. No matter what conditions you have, you have a hundred points of grip. And so you have to ride within that. And if you're, if you're using 99 points of grip for braking, how much left do you have over for turning? Yeah. You know, there's a there's a lot of crossover. And speaking of, I was talking about the particular asphalt only guys, right? One of my favorite right. stories. And we're it was a busy day. Maybe I was short staffed or whatever. But I'm in the classroom and I'm coaching. And this guy was like, "Hey, like some go kart went into a turn and put a bunch of rocks across the track, right? Just a bunch of rocks across the track." And he's like, "Hey, turn A. There's there's a bunch of rocks across the track." And I'm like, "Do you know they're there?" He's like, "Yeah, I just told you." You know, fucking, are you going to clean it up? And I'm like, slow down. No, I'm not going to fucking sweep the track. Now, we're not here to give you a perfect track. That's the entire 
beauty and fun of supermoto it's to yeah. go out there and and ride to what you have it's, you ever go to a track and people complain about the conditions like that's a dude, major pet peeve i, I host track like, days at butt willow bro so yeah <laughs> dude like if it's bad yeah. for you it's bad for the other guy too you yeah. know what i mean yeah. plus it's just against the spirit of having fun you know what i mean like complete you're gonna complain to like the, to you're gonna complain to the track part, you know? yeah you're gonna complain to the track dude you should just be with throwing money at the track and thanking them and bringing them donut whatever you know what i mean like yeah when people show up and they like complain i'm like what what is your track fees like 50 bucks you know what i mean right. and you get to rip around all day um i say i'm now now i'm all having this grievance but this is probably older stuff everybody's like been super cool track's been awesome yeah uh, all the students have been awesome um so i'm probably just whining about you know older dude you're stuff. you're actually you know you're you're saying a lot of stuff that i hear on from my end too you know there's always you know when we do track events at button willow which we do a lot of them fuck even at laguna sometimes people are like oh you know there's like a blood stain from the dead squirrel that's you know distracting me or I'm like what dude that's that's a it's it is a very much a sport bike guy thing you know yeah yeah. I was just reminded of this old, uh, this old story. There's a uh, guy showed up to a road race, um, uh, just a track day event in Colorado in like the late eighties. And he had like a CR 500 and he put some like, at the time you could get like Avon gripsters or whatever. So he had some like, kind of like street ish tires on his CR 500 and he went out, road, road foot out, road foot out, smoked everybody. And they black flagged him. Oh, <laughs> They black flagged him because you know foot out was was dangerous. You know, like you're riding oh. dangerous and you're yeah. you know endangering you're endangering everybody. So yeah, I but, see. You know, at, at, yeah, at it's motorbikes run run them how you want. They're again, they're toys. You know, at our events, you know, we we have a mix of talented riders. We have a mix of types of bikes. I mean, the, lately the Harley thing is really kind of like we're getting a lot more of those guys coming out. You know. Mm -hmm. And, and then, but we also get every now and then, even at button, well, I actually had one at Laguna too, a supermoto guy, full on foot out the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, everybody it's has like, the same well, shit eating grin on their face after, you know, dude, it's it, the other thing that blows me away is when I'm, when you give motorcycle advice, like how much of the stuff is just life advice. Yeah. Oh dude. Right. Yeah. Like, are you having fun? Yeah. Like, right. is it, is it working for you? You know, then, you know, just great. Just do it. Have a good time. So, yeah, I was watching a, I was watching a documentary maybe a year ago or something of uh, Tony Hawk. And he was saying shit that I was like, bro, that's our shit. Like, yeah. how is that? That's skateboarding stuff. How is that shit? Like, I, I totally could see it. Him talking about motorbike racing, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, it was a big thing for me. Like I said, I, I was in the motorcycle industry. I wasn't. Well, I'm not, no, I wasn't in the motorcycle industry. I started the school. Like, like I told you, I started the school and I never felt like I was part of the industry. I never really particularly liked the industry. You're the, skate, you're the, you're the skateboarder outside smoking by the bushes. <laughs> well, I tried to, I try to fit in. I try to do that stuff. Right. And then I realized like now I did it unconsciously before, but now I do it like consciously. Like, there's a reason I spent $1,500 for stickers because in skateboarding, they'd give away stickers when I was a kid and I'd get stoked. Right. Yeah. And, um, you can't, if you, you can't show up to the, like the skate bowl and be like, Hey, I got third in this contest the other week. 
like people just tell you to fuck off like just, yeah. you know like they care about like your energy they care about how hard you're trying they care if you're nice like that's what they care about like in skateboard seriously yeah and so what a that would be such a cool way to uh you know and it's not like i like everybody for the stuff i do like i hate like surfers are horrible people really you know? but that's because they, there's a limited surfer? yeah they're horrible horrible people that's because you have a limited resource that's just how humans are with a limited resource yeah. they're just you know the horror and you don't have that in skateboarding so it's more it's all like more the merrier everybody's like super stoked to be supportive and um yeah that's something i'm kind of proud of and it's always a place where like kind of outcasts get kind of fit into yeah yeah and, uh, I, I think we've kind of created that a little bit with the with the school you know like where people just all types feel welcomed and i don't know i think yeah. we did that you know, so yeah, really I mean, fun. you know, you it's just like um it's a vibe that you guys put off that's super attractive to me. I you know, you guys look like you're having a good time. And actually because of you, I met one of like my skateboard heroes from the eighties. Who? You know, Stevie. Oh yeah, Stevie Cap. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no shit. Fucking Stevie Cavalera, get the fuck out of here. You know, and, yeah, uh, I almost ran he really I met that dude a couple of well. times because of you. So yeah, I almost I almost yeah. ran him over. We were we were scrapping and we were doing some laps and we come off this turn and he just lost the rear. I'm like, oh my god. I remember yeah, you know, like when, when you're in like a almost crashing environment, how you can have a lot of stuff go through your head in a very short yeah. period of time. And, it's and it was promo. like Yeah. And I was like, I'm about to run over Stevie Cap. And then he like he <laughs> saved it. <laughs> that would have been oh, bad. Man. But yeah, he rides he rides awesome. He's a he's an awesome rider. Yeah. So good But dude. he's he's like super into the motorbike thing and and it kind of makes sense because it just seems like the motorbike thing kind of on the surface has that uh, rebel thing that the skateboarding thing has, right? The outsider scumbag thing, right? Yeah. Like I mean, there's a lot of crossover. I, I skated with him. We were doing this like kind of like the, one of those, it's like, it wasn't a mega ramp. It's like it's a little mini mega ramp that they have in San Diego. Okay. And we we're rolling in and trying to clear the gap. And it was like, I was just, we we're just going back and forth. Like, and you know, no big surprise. He did it, you know, first, you know, big oh, surprise yeah. there. But I mean, um, I was just talking to him like, yeah, it's, it's funny that like your gig is skateboarding and like you just want to ride motorcycles. Right. And my gig was motorcycles and I just wanted to like go skateboard. You know, so I love bikes, but I get my fill at the track. So my days off, I'm pretty, you know, stoked to go serve. Or well, you, you ride a or lot else. though. I mean, in the wintertime, you guys are having a lot of schools, right? I mean, yeah. So yeah, like what two or three I, a week or more? I think when we were short on bikes when this when the school got kind of really busy really fast, I think I was managing stuff so much and now it's a it's a rule for me, it's a personal rule, um, that I go out and ride uninterrupted one session every single school day. So it'll be like I'll be in the dirt, I'll be ripping around and there'll be like a student that crashes and they're in the way and or whatever. And I'm like, I know my staff will get to him. Right. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I, I need to have one session where I just go out there and, you know, I feel um, that. let loose. That's, and then, that's kind of, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. And then I'm uh, good for everything. And Cause I was, I was burning out when I, you know, and it, I thought I was burning out on, on motorbiking, but I was burning out on all the other stuff. And then having that yeah. as a nice little release Then we have that, um, and the as a staff rule, if there's something that pisses you off, and there will be, your responsibility 
is to get on a motorcycle and go ride and go ride for 10, 15 minutes. Then you come back, then you have a good fucking attitude and you help out. Right. But there's no being a whiny, bitchy, complainy, emotional. There's none of that. Like, all right. So I'm going to cut this section and, and send that to my staff. (laughs) No, it's, it's like, it's a, it's really, it's a good policy. And it's like, you have to apply it to yourself too. Like, man, because it's like, whatever, yeah, totally. you know, 10 minutes of running laps, you're going to be good. Yeah. Like everybody's going to be fine after that. So then you can come back and then, you know, yeah. Yeah. That up? makes yeah, sense. You can, you can borrow that for sure. I mean, that kind of, that kind of thing also, uh, when you're struggling riding, like going out there, like my, my tuner, uh, when I was going like the best I've ever gone, you know, up until I broke my back, um, fuzzy, you know, fuzzy would sit there and be like, look, man, you're riding like a fucktard out there. Like turn, let's turn all the fucking lap timers off. I want you to just go out and wheelie everywhere, jump curbs, all that shit, back it in, do stoppies on the corner entry, all that. Just go spend an entire session having fun. And sometimes he would do that like right before qualifying. So like he would tell yeah. me that shit and then I would go qualify like that. Right. And they knew, yeah, of course. He knew, he knew uh, what you, know, you needed. He on on the receiving end of the one-way conversation with the race director after, you know. Coiner, <laughs> like, are you fucking serious? You're doing wheelies and during qualifying? Like what? Well, there's That's a difference. Mind, dude. Nobody tells right. you that in Supermoto. Nobody comes and be like, hey, I noticed yeah. that you were doing a wheelie off of. They're just like, of yeah. course you were. Like, well, we don't, we don't sit, we don't talk about it at the track day at all. Like I don't yeah. even mention wheelies anymore at all because, you know, I, I figured wasting valuable time in the writer's meeting talking about shit that three dudes do is just like, uh, it's just I, detrimental, you know, plus yeah, it's supposed to be fun, you know? Yeah. Wheelies. Uh, you've heard my talk that wheelies are like drinking. No, man. <laughs> if it's all you do, you're a loser. Okay, if, yeah. you're, okay. if you're if you're throwing them up every once in a while to celebrate motorcycling, throwing a couple beers at the end of the day, you know, throwing them up to, it's that's how we celebrate motorcycling. We yeah. celebrate motorcycling with wheelies. It's it's not only the only thing that it is. So, right. Um, right. I, I tell I, mean, my I guys, get a lot of shit. I, I used to get a lot of shit from Stan Boley about doing wheelies. Uh, Stan Boley. Because I know you're, uh, you don't know anybody in the. No, I don't know. He's the guy that runs the the, the Yamaha Superbike team, right? And uh, of course, like, yes. You know, th- those who can't race wheelie, right? <laughs> but, I, I agree. <laughs> I, just, I just said that today. It's the last refuge of the slow, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, if you get a good. But one, remember, we we're talking about the race the mentality. Wheel crossed up, and you're making oh, eye yeah. contact with the photographer, like. Mm. There's, I mean, there's nothing better than that, right? Who needs when you're winning practice like that? What else do you need? I mean, you know, you got you got epic photos for Wheelie Wednesday, you know. I yeah, mean, you're good. Yeah, I, mean, oh, I didn't post mine today. No, yeah, we we do. No, I, I finally I, made the cut I, for a dirt. You, your picture was my Wheelie Wednesday. Oh, good, good. <laughs> uh, I finally got a dirt. We always we sometimes do uh, air wheelie air wheelie Wednesday, you know, like we're like somebody's like throttling off the jump and they're like wow, you know, like evil can yeah. evil like coming off and I I did one on like on purpose where I was like you know like wheels like chins over the front wheel you know going off the jump so right I meant to post that up but uh, I have to get on the marketing team for that yeah yeah you have today. a marketing team which is yeah well here at corporate we have the marketing yeah. team we have director of transportation yeah there's a lot going on. 
there's a so lot you have you have a lot of bikes like where do you have like a big trailer that you haul them out or you you have like a ship, shipping container track or the, yeah shipping the container. Track. okay yeah so all that and then so uh, like how much uh how, how much involved is uh the maintenance of 24 motorbikes well that's basically the start my staff's awesome I so mean, at the start of the day cleaning them apparently right you don't clean them so why would you clean them does like does a motorcycle like go better when no it's a waste of time <laughs> um so uh especially when you're gonna like throw it right back in the dirt but the um no i mean if i'm gonna do some like tear down yeah I'll, I'll clean the bikes just so you're not dealing with dirty stuff but um honestly now we buy brand new drz's or we buy drz's that only have like you know five thousand miles on them then we use them for two years and then we get rid of them before they start having any problems so if i was like if it was my own personal bike they're good i would keep it right but I can't have, you know, eight bikes having even small issues. So basically, right. that was the big thing that I learned. So is you that cycle we just, the bikes out every two years. I I literally have a sign on my computer. This is this is what this is the note to myself. Buy bikes, like, <laughs> as like as a like the person who runs the company. What do I need to do? I need to buy fucking bikes all the time and just buy yeah. and like I buy them at an okay deal. I sell them at a pretty good deal. So the the difference between the two is like a thousand or fifteen hundred, and then I just keep doing it over and over again. It's so annoying. It's like, God, I'd love to not be that. But the good news is, we don't have to. We have to swap tires and brake pads. That's it. That's literally oh, it. Oh, you leave the the stock caliper on there and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're. We were. They're we don't stock, even do brake OEM supermoto bikes. Basically, I would say five, ten percent of the students have the ability to cook the front line. In other words, they're braking hard enough that they need a steel braided line. And then I just, I tell those guys, Hey, go hop on a bike with a steel braided line. Okay. Right. And then I have certain bikes that have tall bars, not a lot of them, but if I see some guy and he's like six, three, I go, Hey man, all the bikes, blue bars, those are all tall. So hop on one of those. But beyond that, they're pretty much all stock. Then we have a couple TTR 125s. Then we have some, um, KLX 300s, you know, just a couple of each. Did I, just did I see riders. something about you doing the upside down bar thing where it's kind of rotating? Oh, yeah. Down? We we're just trying to, you know, get attention on the internet. You know, we just tried it. I, God, I sucked. I know that Man. Road Race, I know Road Race Factory, you know, the Danny Walker had oh, yeah. a, his little supermoto school for a little bit. I don't know if he's still doing it, but I know that, um, I know that that was the road race factory was the name of the school. And so, Oh like, yeah. Like, I mean, well, that's like, the set by Joe bars to make it more, you know, well, like Joe did um, the Joe Roberts slap record, you know, that was with, that was with flip bars on, okay. a, on a Husky Husky 450. So if you're a pro it's, it's almost like those Ovali bikes, right? If you're like a pro road racer, you'll be faster on like an Ovali versus like a CRF 150R. Right. Okay. Or you'll be faster on a supermoto bike with drop bars. We're talking top one, one percent, right? We're talking point one percent. So vast majority, everybody else is going to be faster. But then, same thing that we talked about before. If you're having a good time with your upside down bars, fuck it, ride with your upside down bars. What do I care? You know what I mean? Right. It's just, like it's uh, you're so you're, having a good time. Um, you're so not tied into one way. You're just like, oh, that's working out for you. Fucking awesome. Well, it, it, it all works out when you train, when you change the definition of what successful motorcycle riding is. And like I said, okay. most people in the industry are coming, they're racers 
They think of other people as racers. They're teaching from a racing standpoint. If you change what you're measuring and you're measuring is competence and good times, all of a sudden it's less, you know, and instead of laptop, you know, then it's not so important whether, you know, I'm more, right. people ask me a lot about skill. Like, do I have the skills to this? And I, I tell them I'm, I'm much more concerned with your anxiety levels, right? Like I'd rather have, there's somebody who's like medium skills, who's like stressed out. That's the dangerous person at the track, right? right. And then you have they, other that, riders that's the that guy are like that, nice and that's the what you just described is the guy I call the firefighter, right? Because every corner they're like, oh my god, and then they're you know putting out fire, and then next corner, yeah. and then next corner, and then you know, and that's why they have to pull off three laps early because they're just smoked mentally. Right. I think I probably right? used to be like that. I think I, I used <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, we all were, right? Right. I think the <laughs> the the biggest. There's so God. There's so much stuff I did wrong. But I think the biggest one is the good old like slow and the slow parts, fast and the fast parts. Was there right. a time where you were trying to go fast everywhere? Like every oh, yeah. turn, like just trying to go fast, fast everywhere. Fast slow part. <laughs> just, right? just offline yeah. and crashing. Like, bro, and... You make up a second right there. That's like one bike link. But if you make up a second yeah. in the fast part, that's like 10 bike links. Like, it's. I mean, there's so much cool stuff. I think Caesar you know? Mesa, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call him out. Caesar Mesa told me that in like 2001. Oh, okay. I mean, that's what's cool is like everybody just stole it from somebody else, right? Yeah. So yeah, totally. I've had I've had one day of professional motorcycle training in my life. I went and did the superbike school one day after I've been oh, doing yeah? this for like eight years. Yeah. And everything I learned was from like literally just <clears throat> talking to racers. I've stole a right. lot from stole a ton from Stu Man. You know, like oh, Stu's um, awesome, right? I'd have oh, so Stu's... many people that come in and, and teach. My favorite, uh, everybody. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. But everybody has like a stew man story. And yeah. mine, mine was this guy in the class was like on those asphalt only days. Cause he used to teach the asphalt only. Um, he goes, uh, well, I have a, I have a Hayabusa and my, um, my bike doesn't counter steer. And then stew man <laughs> just, just calmly was like bullshit. Yeah. And then just moved. He didn't even correct. He didn't even like talk. He just like said that and then just moved on to talking to the next thing. That, like that I can't, like, that sounds like stew for sure, man. Do you ever, this would be a good story. Do you ever have like, um, cause as you know, as you can figure out, I, I, I talk way too much. Have you ever like had somebody who like asks you something and you just don't have a response for it? Cause it's like the dumbest or weirdest thing you've yeah. ever been asked. Yeah. 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 Oh, how, how about this one? What's the dumbest excuse you've ever heard for a crash? Oh shit. Like, Definitely I've got a good, we're going to have a contest. We're going to have I mean, a contest. Always, the dumbest excuse. It, I got it's a always, really dumb one. It, always like i uh you know tires are worn out or whatever i got the wrong tire i let i forgot to plug in my tire warmers um I, that's, i've done that's that i mean gonna, i i've high-sided turning onto the track so i can't right i'm not saying it in a judgy way i got yeah like i i'm the guy that like you know i have a writer's this is like 20 years ago or whatever but like i just painted my 750 you know and i'm give the writer's meaning about you know taking your time warm your tires blah blah right yeah and then i roll out and go into turn two at button willow and <laughs> on my face <laughs> yeah we, we, we've all done that which is why when somebody comes to me i go hey why'd you crash and they go uh i, I was i was just stupid and i go yeah okay like yeah fuck i that's been me like so many times. Like I get, I will never get mad at somebody when they come to me and they say, 
oh, I was pushing too hard. I was being stupid. I was being yeah. impatient. I'm like, hey, usually, we're going to sit down for a bit. They blame but I'm okay the other with that. Guy, right? They blame the other guy. That's another one that's uh, like. Okay, I'm going to give you the all-time stupidest, then I'll give you the most common. Um, yeah. All-time stupidest said. Uh, why'd you crash? I crashed because you wheelied by me, and that pressured me to go faster. <laughs> I think I've heard that one. He was, he was a, yeah. He, I've heard he was that a, one. And he was Australian, and I'm like, up until that, up until that, I had this opinion like, about oh, Australians. He's like, wheelied past me. I'm like, what, No, dude? I had this opinion about Australians that they're, like, really fucking cool. They're very bootstrappy. They're very, like, funny sense yeah. of humor. They're very, like, yeah. take accountability. And then here's this whiny Australian you know, complaining that the reason he crashed was because I did a wheelie by him that pressured him to go faster than he wanted to go. Right. Now you've ridden with MotoGP guys. Yeah. Did you, did you ever come up to them? Hey, Schwantz, uh, Biagi, yeah. uh, Hey, you know, I crashed because you pressured me to go. That was the most preposterous. Yeah. That's, and the, yeah. The other one I don't have a lot of patience for is um, that guy didn't hold his line. Now, sometimes there are people that make legitimately just horrible lines things, right? Oh, dude, yeah. But what I always say is, I have been. You're in a school, number one. Two, is it? Wait, is this just me bitching about like uh, no, old dude. stuff? You sure? No, uh, n- uh, yeah, I'm. I'm fucking stoked on it, bro. Like you're being honest with me, man. It's <laughs> um, great. Because I cause carry I, on. <laughs> Ninety, like everybody's so cool, and I feel like I'm like focusing on this like one percent. But you'll hear people say like, um, the reason I crashed, that guy didn't hold his line. And I'm like, one, why are you passing on the why are you passing a new rider on the outside? You're high, right? That's right? what they always do is run wide. Two, I've been riding with new riders every weekend for 14 years, and I've yet to hit one. And the reason right. I've yet to hit one is because it's not race day, right? right? I'm riding within the constructs of of that. And so yeah, I want I want to add that rider that like everybody is so cool, and we almost have. None of these problems. It's just that you know how it is. If you run yeah. or an organization, those are the guys that really kind of, you know, the, those yeah. are the stories that you remember, unfortunately. But dude, yeah, I mean, you so know, cool lately. I, I, I've seen a few things, you know. I mean, I've been doing the track day thing now for over like, like 23 years. Yeah, you've been around enough to <sighs> right? so, judge yeah, me I, thoroughly I, when I showed I, up. I, I've seen some shit, right? But, um, you know, a lot of times, like, it's it's not the beginners that are the ones that are doing what you're describing. It's it's the guys that are kind of I they're the B group guys for me, like the intermediate level, because those are the guys that are like kind of fast, but like kind of haven't figured out why yet. And um, I'll and tell you how little, to identify the guys thing, to be worried about. Any any little thing that's different on a lap for them could be disastrous. You know, like if they're if if they get past where they're normally swooping out, you know, all sure. of a sudden they can't, they can't make the adjustment, you know? And yeah. so that's, that's a group that, that my crew is instructed always to be like, Hey, you need to like keep an eye on these guys. And like, you know, if you see, like, we try to be proactive with dudes like that, but, yeah. uh, but you know, when you're at a, when you're doing a public event that has, you know, 30, 40 people on the track, it's hard to see everybody, you know, we'll try the same thing that we, told ourselves try to get them to focus on the breathing yeah like i have students all the time i go hey you know all those things i taught like half the day i don't want you to worry about any of them the only thing i want you to do is breathe look through the turn baby birds you know once you just baby birds 
Yeah. Birds. Dude, I was yeah. just telling my wife the other night about the, the baby chickens. Like, yeah. Like, I don't really baby have chickens. a lot of upper body strength, dude. Like, I could hold two live chickens in my hands and, and give them back to you at the end of the session. Yeah. She's like, how the fuck do you ride? Don't you gotta? And I'm like, no, it's all the legs. She's like, yeah, well, I, I always tell people, because they'll ask me, like, how do you hold on? I'm like, I, I, I don't. Like, you have to fall off. I don't. But I have a, I have a trick about this. So, okay. well, you know that you hold on with your legs, right? But yeah. a great thing to, to tell people is why they hold on with their legs. And that is you're traveling on a motorcycle and you're anxious. Not only are you, you're supposed to be anxious. You're either anxious or excited. But as far as your body reacts, it's the same thing. It's fight or flight, right? right. So you're doing this big, exciting thing. And you're supposed to, as a human, you are supposed to tense up. You are supposed to look narrowly ahead, right? Everything that you're programmed to do as a human is wrong yeah. on a motorcycle, right? Yeah. So what you do, what you tell these riders that actively hold on with your legs. And what that does is it gives your brain permission to not hold on with your hands because it's telling yourself, I'm okay. It's like a, it's like a teddy bear. It's like you just, it makes you feel secure. When you hold on with your legs, now your brain has permission so the way to think of it is not um, like don't hold on tight, right? Yeah. You can tell people that all day long. Never tell no, them dude, you don't want to be smooth, do. bro. You just gotta yeah. be smooth. So I call that the um, the Dr. Phil approach to coaching motorcycle, right? Like, <laughs> hey, dude, I'm like good. I'm like recording all of this, and I can't believe it. I'm gonna steal all your. <laughs> so you don't have to come to school. Just watch this. Um, so it's Dr. Phil. It's like, hey, it's gonna be smooth. Go be smooth. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell people to be smooth. Mean? What the fuck yeah. does that mean? So we do the, you know, everybody's schools teach us differently, but we do the suspension, no move drill, right? So you ride around so that the suspension is, is it going to move some? Absolutely. But right. You yeah. can go ridiculously fast without, without the bike moving much at all. Right. And because people have muscle memory, they know when they do this, the bike goes like that, like that. So you can focus on this one thing and this one thing only, and it really like kind of smooths things out. But you see that all the time, like, Hey, do this. And you're like, don't tell people, tell them what you want them to do and then give them the easiest possible way to do it. So the big focus in the change in our school is teaching writers to do less stuff. Most newbies are doing too much stuff. You've seen yeah. this in writer inputs, oh, dude. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like the, okay. The so you're, okay. So you're, you go into the corner and you're hanging off to the inside and you got your, right. And then, yeah. and then as soon as the corner comes, you, as soon as the exit comes, you're back to the center of the seat. Right. And then yeah. the next corner is a left again. Yeah. So guess what? You got to yeah. like move your body again, you know? And, um, yeah, like there's a lot that's really busy, you know, it's really, so busy. I, I tell them, and I'm like, bro, the... just leave your leg out there, bro. Like you got two, two oh. lefts in a row, just hang it out there. Here's a great thing to tell them, which is what I will tell people. If, if you don't know why you do something, don't do it. Don't do it. Even okay. if it's as simple as leaning off to the inside of the bike. Hey, why do you lean off to the inside of the bike? Contact that. Well, that's wrong, but I don't even care. Because it looks don't cool know. photos? Well, I mean, that's just one of like a million. Like, yeah, like uh, I would actually. <laughs> I'd probably I probably would accept that. I'd probably be okay with that. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite quotes, it's, this is the big change. I went from focusing on technique to focusing on mindset, anxiety, breathing, being loose, all this sort of stuff. And yeah, um, I have this quote that I love to say, which is Hemingway would write a sentence and then he would like cut it in half 
and then he would cut it in half again. And then I tell them, that's what we're going to do with your writing. So you get a, you get a new writer and um, we all know the things that we need to teach a new writer in terms of, so you're going to teach them line. You're going to talk about a turning point and apex and exit point. You're going to talk about panning through the turn. You're going to talk about where they get on the gas. This is just an example of like, kind of like how to take a corner one-on-one. So what I started doing is I go, I'm going to tell you one thing. And this one thing I'm going to tell you is going to handle three major problems. And here's what I want you to do. As you approach the turn, I want you to look at where you're going to get on the gas, right? Most turns you can see your way through it, especially on the supermoto track. It might be different yeah. on these kind of road race tracks, but I go, all I want you to do is get there and look at where you're going to get on the gas. And by looking at where you're going to get on the gas, it's going to do three important things. It's going to get you looking through the turn. It's going to give you the right line. If you're riding in a manner that allows you to get on the gas early, you're going to have the good line. And it's going to get you thinking about and on the gas early. Now, if I tell you, hey, Dustin, I got this rider and they have perfect lines and they're on the gas early and they're looking through the turn. Cool. That rider is now better than 80% of motorcycle riders. And they're doing that one thing. That's it. And then just hammering that. You know, you add yeah. breathing into that guy. I don't even care if they have perfect body position. I just want, when I talk, when I teach body position, I want not dangerous body position. Once they're. Describe to me dangerous body position. I want to hear that. What's that? First off, anything you're working hard at. I mean, in supermoto, the leg dangle. So that's the knee swung out like this, like your, your foot way out to the inside, where that okay. if you lose traction, you can, your boot can grab, break your tip fib. That's a real obvious oh, one, dude. right? That's, okay. that's called the leg dangle, and it's the fastest way to get black flagged. And that's out okay. of love, right? We just black flag you out yeah, of love. Yeah. Like, I even tell that. Like, if we black you flag did. you, yeah. it's not because it's out of love. Like, we're like, hey, you'll take a break. You're going to get so much track time. Don't even worry about it. We'll, t we'll yeah. teach you what you're doing wrong. We'll send you right back out. It's, it's all good. You're not, you're not in the penalty box, right? Um, right? And then leaving the foot out too long, um, but on the back of the seat, like shoulders hunched over. That makes the front end want to tuck. That makes the bikes want to run wide. So that's really obvious. And then um, doing too much extreme of the right thing where they're pushing the bike down with their elbows like this and their, their inside arm is like locked. So yeah. now, of course, the, the bars can't move. It. Yeah, like so. Right. Yeah, so okay. um, where they're doing almost like too much of a good thing. But yeah, the main thing is if you can just – and then I just give the example. Like look at the S1 GP guys. They're doing almost nothing. They're, looks, right. they're so neutral. And you see it blended over into Supercross. You see it a bit of it more in, in even, um, even like well, Isle of Man. Those you know? guys, when they do motos, I mean, it's like you know, those guys are doing like thirty-minute motos on on motocross track, right? Like, you know, that's that's where the whole busy, like do less if thing, you're all right? Busy like that, like that's going to make that even more difficult than it already is, you know, physical. I mean, physically wise. I, I just make stuff up and I put it on the internet, as you know, you can follow yeah. our stuff. I mean, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's what I do. Right. Yeah. But I did, uh, I did one that was like, I love your statements. Suck less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I put like, um, stop trying to drag your knee. Yeah. Right. And then the next week, you probably know the name, but as you've talked about, I don't know anybody or who they are or anything, but one of the world Superbike guys, he went out to qualify and he forgot his knee puck. Yeah. And he, and he set the lap record. I was like, I don't remember the guy, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I go, I just pulled that out of my ass. It turns out I'm a genius. Yeah. Yeah.
But um, just trying to get people to, so many writers are doing what they think they're supposed to do. Right. And so, well, they're trying they're, to, they're trying on a bike. They're, you know, at least on the sport bike side, they're really trying to look like those guys, you know, like the top MotoGP guys or whatever. And the reality is it's because they're trying to force the bike to do that or trying to force themselves into that posture, you know, they're putting in a lot more work than those GP guys are probably. Oh yeah. So a great tip for getting people to stop doing that so much is ask them how much should you lean off the bike? And then yeah. they'll give some answer and they go, the amount you should lean off the bike is the amount you're comfortable. Right. So I just pull stuff out of my, I'm not even a sport bike guy. And I still instruct people like yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, I made guys, a career those, out of this. Those at our, at our events, the, the, those customers in the C group get a wake up call about that stuff. When some fat old guy passes them with a passenger, you know, right. Now, I'm not so, I, so fat anymore, but you, you, do you remember those, um, you remember those motorcycle scooter things that were called like Honda Pacifics? Yeah. They like, they had like full plastic. So I'm yeah. on the Mount, I'm on the Mount Tam ride in San Francisco. Right. Okay. And I let everybody go. Cause I was, you know, I was okay rider, but I wasn't that great. And I had a, a VTR 1000 Superhawk. That bike, underrated bike. Fantastic. Um, such a fun bike. Anyway, so I'm on my VTR and I come into the turn and like, you know, just dipping down and get my knee ready and, you know, old man on the Honda yeah. Pacific, just ripping up the inside of me. And, uh, man, what a great humbling, you know, oh, experience or, yeah. So we've all, we've all experienced that. And that's, that's the, that's the reason that you get people to the track is the humbling right. stuff, you know, and in addition to the skills. I mean, I, I think we're both on the same mission just to share our sport with people and show people a good time. I mean, that's, once you start talking to people, especially in like the instruction track day, right. it's like everybody's, everybody's same team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we got all kinds of, um, like there's so many different, you got the champ school, you got what you're doing, what I'm doing, the super bike school. And then you got like the YouTube guys, you got like Moto Jitsu sent so many people to our school. Dude. We could not be any guy. He's like a parking lot guy, right? Like he, yeah, he just, he, he just started he like pursuing a, everything. Is he a Lee Parks instructor too? Like I, I, he did a lot of the Pacific Safety Council MSF stuff. Yeah, and yeah. He just started pursuing with all these. Other. My point was, he does more in getting new riders to wear protective gear and get to the track and get skills. Like, so yeah. we could not be any more. He's a friend, but we couldn't be any more different in how we approach oh, things. Yeah. But in in just same, like I said, same team. Everybody has is the same, you know. I've ridden with that dude a little bit. Um, he came out to let's see, he did like a, a like a champ school day or something. It's yeah, he's done every school. He's done our school like seventeen and, times. You know, I had him as a, I had him as a student a little bit. You know, I were, I rode with him and I gave him some feedback, but I was like in my head, I was like, dude, this guy is teaching people how to ride motorbikes, you know, and like so I kind of poke him a little bit and see what he's see what he's got. And mm -hmm. the dude's super into it. You know, he's definitely working hard at getting better. And, you know, I mean, some of the stuff he says is pretty valid, you know, I mean, at least what I've seen, but yeah, at I the mean, same time, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, our sports full of people that whenever anybody does anything they they try to shit on it. And, see, uh, I see, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm not having You're it. not, you're not in this game, right? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, I have to, I have to say that, um, like 
Dunlop's been very good to us. Alpine Star has been very good to us, right? The track yeah. has been very supportive. Yeah. Um, and we just got like ASV. They just sent us a bunch of levers. You know, like nothing's. Yeah. So I'm not like, but I don't know anybody. Right. I don't know anybody in the industry. I don't, I don't, I'm not connected. I'm not networked. I just, I have my little club and I show up with my friends and we ride and we have a good time. And um, been very lucky that that's worked out and that's, you know, uh, I'm stoked when I see when, like I said, my staff, when they all get faster than me, which doesn't take very long at all. Or, and then you see the people like racing and they were like, start off as SoCal Supermoto students. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I'm doing well, yeah, you know, dude, I, I, I mean, I'm not taking any credit. I take credit for introducing them, you know? Yeah. I, I so. mean, look, I, I mean, I've, I've hosted track events now for over 20 years. Right. And, Dude, I still I'm stoked when I see people that went through our new racer school and stuff, and they're like racing nationals now. Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing ever, you know. So I have a I have a funny student story with that. Um, you remember Rafael da Silva? Yeah, um, yeah. So he, Rafa came out Rafa. and did the school, and uh, wow, he, bro. he did the school. He came out of the dirt <laughs> section, and he would first day right. He comes out of the dirt section. He's dragging me coming out of the dirty asphalt. He's on dirty asphalt dragging me. And I go, hey Rafa. Um, you're in the dirt, you know, dirty track. You might want to, you know, you got dirt on the tires. And he goes, well, I thought the dirt was in the middle of the tire. And I was like, hey, you got a good point. You know what I mean? And then I, I told him at the end of the day, I, I said, hey, I just let you know you could be a pro road racer. And yeah. he said, oh, that was, that's so nice of you. And I'm like, I, I'm not paying you a compliment. I'm letting you know that I, you see it. You know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. When, when somebody has Absolutely. the thing. And then a year later, he's in like Moto America, mid pack, you know, doing, yeah. doing well in lots of financial support, which is the big challenge there, of course. Yeah. But, I, I think he's a bicyclist now, or, or at least last time I saw him. I'm sure he's having a good time doing, doing yeah. whatever he's doing, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys like that that come through, you know, you know, they're going to be something because they're never done a track event before. And at the end of the first day, they're, we're like, bro, you got to be in the A group, man. Like, you know, <laughs> and they're not like, they're not like being like stupid they, about it. They're just, no, no, just they're out just, there riding well. Yeah. Yeah. And every, it's pretty every, rare. It's pretty rare, but it's like you, if you're yeah. in our gig, yeah, but you the can, thing you is like every, it. everybody progresses at a different rate. Right. So, you know, some people are in a hurry to be as fast as our buddies or whatever. And everybody progresses at a different rate. So like, even if you're in a group of buddies, like you might be not, as fast as your buddies and you got to be okay with that. It, and I, I love how our crew, how our crew rides, like how we go out in the afternoon and there's just a lot of jockeying and people will pull over and people catch back up and going back and forth. Yeah. And it's all, it just feels like, you know, when you like bomb a hill on your snowboard with all your buddies, that's kind of like how we, that's kind of no, like how we ride. I, I don't, I, <laughs> you know I don't do anything but this, like I, you know, there's, I literally the ride the, there. Yeah. You're, I, yeah. You know. <laughs> That, everything know, but a motor, everything but a motorcycle. But what I, had, I showed you the lever. All, earlier, all so I do is ride bike. motorbikes and skateboard. Dude, uh, sorry, that's rad. I bicycling. That's all bicycling and that. That's, that's cool. All I do. I don't do anything else. I don't have time for anything else really. And, and talking shit about motorbikes on the on the internet like we're doing right now. That's that's dude, where that's, I'm at, dude. I don't. Have, thanks. Yeah. Don't thanks for having. Me. I don't have the skill to do other patients to deal with all this all this stuff. You know. All, all of what's you know, riding like running a no running a no. That's what I want to do. I want to ride motorbikes. I don't want to do like the the podcasting like. Well, you know stuff what? I started and, it and the Instagram stuff and the, all the marketing. 
that's an yeah. entirely different oh fuck dude topic. it's like uh yeah it's non-stop isn't it yeah it's like oh but, tiktok but your your stuff looked awesome you know like you got a lot of thanks you know i don't i don't know how i just kind of throw it up throw it up there i just what, throw it up there too, yeah. and, you you do a pretty good yeah. job with the graphics I, I love your just like just a standard graph SoCal logo and oh yeah yeah yeah, that's, yeah that's the best. Oh yeah, this little the, yeah, I have to come up with some some new shit. Yeah. I guess I'll go back and listen to this and see. Oh any, uh, okay. Any, yeah, yeah. What, what's your what's your writing tip? What's what's here? What you got? What's my writing tip? Yeah, Honestly, you, like you know, don't your, ride. What's your, the center what's your of the favorite? Seat. Don't ride in oh. the center of the seat. Like ever. Yeah, like ever. Okay. I'm gonna that, remember that'll that. Help. That'll yeah, help. Yeah, once every seven years when I ride a sport bike. I saw your old picture today. You had like an old was it an old VFR? Or it was an old that red bike. Oh, you had Honda. A, you had a, a Honda six hundred. Those are awesome. Yeah. Remember how comfortable yeah. that seat was, dude? The banana seat. Yeah, Those bro. Are so comfortable. Those were the best seat ever. Yeah, like yeah, like that was back when. And then they went to the CBR eyes or whatever they were. Like the F, the, it, well, they went to an F four and then an F four I right. Yeah, and their seats got shitty. Yeah, they the did. The 600 was like when, God, that bike was. But yeah, that's back that's when that's frames that's were steel and fuel was oh, not. Remember when people would buy those? Remember when people would buy those? Um, Oh, it starts with an S. Was it like Spiegler frames? Like people would buy Spondin. like the. Spondin. Spon yeah, the Spondin frames. Yeah. Like you would have like Spondin. Like there was so much cool like. Um, like oh, people I like didn't. Spondin frame. Like, yeah, but they would have like a. Like a um, like a Ninja two fifty, but with like an aftermarket frame and like yeah. you know, there's oh the or like the yeah, or they'd were, have a two stroke cool. or like a or, or like a Rotax single. That yeah. was my introduction to Supermoto. That Mount Tam ride. There was a guy on yeah. a, like a they had a CCM Rotax Supermoto, okay. and I was like, "What engine is that?" He's like, "It's a Rotax." I'm like, "I've never heard of a Rotax." And then he's like, looked at me like I'm a fucking moron. He's like, "You never heard of Rotax?" And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm new to this. And uh, so, like, what's your but, what's your personal bike? Do you have like a Ringer for yourself, or? Yeah, I have. Um, I have a Bone Stock DRZ, okay. and then we did eBay mods on it. We did a twenty five dollar jet kit on it, and um, a steel braided line, and some Q fives, and then I turned the clickers, and then last um, year, uh, motor rev suspension. First time in my life, I got oh. something other than stock suspension. So thank you, Motor Rev, for hooking hooking that up. And uh, is, that, just, uh, some... is that Bobby Lou? Is that is that Motor Rev? I think so. Again, okay. my my right. hit my head a lot. I'm sorry, him. sorry, yeah. Motor Rev. Now you set me up. So, so um, I see a I see guitar. Suspension. I see a guitar hanging up in the background. Like, am I crazy thinking that you're a lead singer or something? Um, yeah. So I, I've been like in a country in... western band or some shit, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I. I listen to a ridiculous amount of like, like soul and reggae and hip hop and of course punk rock. Do. And then You're when I write, when I, when I write songs, they would come out country. So, okay. you know, I did the whole like alternative country thing back in the day. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Lonesome Love. I don't Lonesome... even know what that is, but cool. Well, <laughs> that's a, that's a whole nother topic. But in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands, country had gotten so far away from country music that if you were playing old style country, it was called like, like George Jones or Johnny Cash or Merle Haggard okay. or Waylon. It was kind of called like alternative. It was a little bit edgier. Um, okay. And so I kind of got into that, but uh, yeah, lonesome lowdowns. We need a drummer. 
If you know, if you need our drummer I, moves. I actually know a drummer. Is he in San Diego? Yes. <laughs> Tell him, give me a call. Loansofflowdowns.com, uh, Spotify. It's, we it's, have, it's actually, I don't Lyle, wanna... it's Lyle, Lyle Jeffrey Brown. He's like a, a good buddy of mine. One of my staff guys, uh, former partner of mine in the race club that I sold out of. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, dude, he's like a drummer that performs at like Pala Casino and stuff. Like, well, we have, bands. I don't want to brag or anything, but we have about 15 monthly listeners on Spotify. <laughs> so after this, we're going to have yeah. like 16, 15 and a half. 15 and a half. <laughs> Loads right. of blood yeah, we, we go play a bar gig once a month and, you know, have pedal steel player and do the whole okay. thing. It's it's fun to have a record coming out soon. Um, if What's you, the name if of you, your band? Lonesome Lowdowns. Lonesome Lowdowns. Wasn't it yeah. something about you must be drinking or something? Uh, Lord knows I'm drinking. Um, there you go. And then we were getting like mall gigs and they kept asking us to like, or like outdoor mall festival gigs. thing. Like yeah, we were playing the mall in, in like, uh, like some outdoor plaza and they asked us to change the name. We played a gig one time. It was Lord Knows I'm Drinking, which is an old Cal Smith song. Look up the Cal Smith song, Lord Knows I'm Drinking. We also cover it. Okay. That's your homework. Okay. Get you right. some real country. Right. And then uh, we played a show as Lord Knows I'm Drinking, and they put up on the marquee, Drinking with Jesus. And I'm like, God damn, that's such a better name. We should have been Drinking with Jesus. I mean, that, but, uh, that would look way cooler on a t-shirt, too. I mean. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's on the. Well, it's Brian, hard to you know what, man? do that. It's a, it's a fun shot, dude. Like it, getting to yeah. know what makes the SoCal Supermoto guy tick. It's kind of, it's kind of neat, just, man. It's, it's, we're just having a good time. You know, we, we got it, we got it streamlined so that it's just. When's, when's your next school? Um, the, not, we have this weekend off and then we're back the following weekend, September 5th, oh, September 9th. We got SpaceX oh. coming out. We got SpaceX coming out. Uh, and um, so basically September 9th and then the 15th and then the 17th and then the 25th. So we got like four, four or five school days in September. Nice. And yeah. you're going to carry that into October and then just keep on, keep on keeping on. Yeah. So we'll, know, we're year round. Um, you can book it at SoCalSupermoto.com. Um, they have the whole calendar up there. It says how many days. And then on the. I think I'm going to have to scumbag you into showing up to one of your schools. Just show up, bro. Yeah. You want to be we can you want to be a guest instructor? <laughs> no. All right, I well in, I want to come and have fun. You know it's actually it is kind of fun, you know why? Cuz when we have a guest instructor, we just do what we always do. I just make okay. my talks a little bit shorter and then I go, "What do you think?" And they'd be like, "Yeah." Oh. It actually works out. I guess and I you could get do like that. different you get different perspectives, but um okay. we don't have to like we don't have to like promote it. You can just show yeah. up. Yeah. And I'll we'll have, show up. We'll have a we'll have a DRZ gentleman's cup. You know, just go out there and. Well, I have to ride a Yamaha, just so you know. Like, oh yeah, I'm bringing my Yamaha with me. I mean, that's fine, know. man. Yeah. I mean, you'll you know, a... I'm all about the blue Kool-Aid, bro. <laughs> you know, you'll you'll be uh, at a disadvantage against the third fastest production motorcycle, but oh, you know, we'll, yeah. We'll maybe I'll put, yeah. Maybe I'll put some winglets on then. You know? Oh, that'd be sick. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll get you swagged out. Yeah, and, dude. Uh, and right got, back at you, I'll bring stuff. swag with me for you. Dude, that'd be sure. sick. No, seriously, just um, look at our calendar any any day. We cool. we have enough bikes now that it's not like before when I had five. It was like now I can just be, you can just literally just tell, hey, I'm going to show up this day and we'll we'll have you taken care of. That's awesome, so. man. That's awesome. Well, it's a good chat, dude. And I wish you the best of luck with the school. And shit, I hope to see you at one. And 
Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks for having does, me. How does everybody sign up? I guess I'll put it in the description of the video later. But, yeah, uh, I just, it's uh, SoCalSoupMoto.com. Okay. And um, when you go there, and we provide everything. So you don't have to have a bike. So it's bike oh. training, track fees, photography, t-shirt, lunch, high five, swag. Gear? Like you got to bring your helmet and stuff, right? If you want. Oh. Alpine, you Alpine, and shit too? Alpine Stars has oh. kicked. Alpine Stars has hooked it up. Thank you, Heath. Um, wow. Full leathers. Boots, gloves. I'm telling you, like when you saw us before, it's it's a different, it's a different thing now. You know, it's yeah, uh, yeah. It sounds like the real deal now, bro. Like we're, we're getting there. Yeah, we're we're getting there, and um, yeah, it's basically just want to do more YouTube. But beyond that, we're really, really happy with where it's at. We're just gonna not change yeah. it. We're just gonna keep doing it. All right. Well, you know what, man? S sign up for SoCal Supermoto, and Brian, thank you for the chat, dude. Yeah, man. Us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'll yeah, see you out dude. there. See ya. You. All right. So I've stopped recording.